This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, tomorrow is World Contraception Day. And ahead of that, there's a group called Options for Sexual Health that is calling on the government of BC and the Legislative Assembly to put forth some ideas for the 2020 budget that would include making all forms of prescription contraception universally accessible and free for any citizen. And they're making some very good arguments for why that should be the case. So we thought, let's hear some of those arguments. Nicole Pasquino joins us now, a registered nurse and clinical practice director for Options for Sexual Health right here in Vancouver. Nicole, thank you for joining us. Hi, Simi. Thanks so much for having me. Now, I understand that from some of the reasons why you're bringing this forward is that there's actually a cost savings to doing it this way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, unintended pregnancy bears a huge burden of cost on our healthcare system. And we know that in Canada, about 40% of pregnancies or even more are unintended. And so having access to contraception is one of the most effective ways to prevent unintended pregnancies. All right. So what would that involve? Like, what are you advocating the government to do here? So we're advocating the government when a patient walks into a clinic such as ours, their family doctors, that they can walk away with a contraception that works for them, is effective, that they will continue to use, and they do not have to pay for that out of pocket. And you think that just also for anybody to walk in and be able to ask for that, it should be universally accessible? Absolutely. I mean, access to contraception is essential to the securing the well-being of women. Um, a person's ability to choose when and if they become pregnant has a direct impact on their health and well-being. And so, you know, that's a huge portion of our population that has difficulties accessing contraception here in British Columbia. Now, how much would that cost? How much would it cost to cover everybody for contraception? (laughs) Well, it's difficult to determine that because uh, people access contraception in a variety of ways through publicly funded programs in youth clinics and other family doctors. But we know that it's estimated, there was a study done in 2015, that it would be a cost savings of over $157 million. So, um, you know, thinking about the cost of contraception itself and then adding that savings onto it. And so where does that savings come from then? Does that come from... Um, uh, the supports that happen after an unwanted pregnancy, like you're talking about single moms or whatever the case may be? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a number of ways that savings is impacted. Um, You know, we pay MSP premiums for people to go in and see their physicians and come back and access contraceptions. There would be savings there. There would be savings around the ability to plan your pregnancies, to have less pregnancies, Um, access to abortion. While very important and we will always advocate for would be needed less if we had universal access to contraception. Do other jurisdictions do this? There's lots of other countries in the world that do this. Um, and the way that it's looked in Canada has typically been for certain populations only. So it used to be that it was, uh, you know, older youth. Now they are really limiting it to younger youth. Um, you know, there's some coverage within healthcare programs or extended health practices. But there's lots of countries in the world, like UK, France, Spain, Sweden, who cover contraception universally for their populations. Is it challenging, do you think, for some women in BC to access contraception? A hundred percent. So I work in clinical practice and I often have to turn people away because they can't afford their contraception. Sitting in the chair in front of me crying because they can't afford their contraception. So, you know, it's not an uncommon instance, even in an urban environment. Obviously, there's more challenges rurally because of the lack of healthcare providers and the ability to access low-cost contraception. But we are, you know, we constantly see patients who cannot afford to pay for their contraception month to month. And what kind of costs are we talking about? How expensive 
is it? Uh, it depends where you access it. I mean, Options for Sexual Health, our main mission is to keep contraception low cost. So when you come into a clinic like ours, uh, it's around $15 a month for uh, oral contraception and it can be anywhere up to 400 for something that's a long acting contraception like an IUD over many years. But that's an upfront cost that people have to pay. And if you're accessing it through your family physician or pharmacy, it can be up to 40 to $60 a month, which is really inaccessible, especially for, you know, um, certain populations which are disproportionately affected by access are youth, Indigenous women, trans people. So, you know, it depends right. on the population you're in. Yeah. Right. And then plus going to the doctor, right? And going if you don't have doctor. a family doctor, you got to yeah. find a clinic that you can get in there yeah. and actually get all this from. Right. And, you know, we have, we operate 60 clinical sites within the province and we hear time and time again from our nurses. And I've experienced this personally as a practitioner of turning people away. We turn people away constantly because when we show up at the door for a drop-in clinic at seven o'clock, we have a lineup around the corner. You're kidding. No. (laughs) I had this experience last week where, you know, I came to work at a clinic and our clinics are, um, they operate on short times. And this is in urban Vancouver. And, you know, we're here for a two-hour clinic and there's 27 people waiting to see the practitioners for sexual health care. So not just contraception, but STI care as well. Right. So clearly we need to improve, wouldn't you say, like overall in this whole area? Mm Mm-hmm. Like to make it easier for women to access. And I had, we had this question actually just the other day, a lady was telling me like, yeah, she would love to be able to get more checkups and, and, and do everything that she needs to do, but she doesn't have a family doctor. Right. And, you know, a lot of people say that to us. They don't have family doctors. So we also see a lot of patients around general sexual health needs for cervical screening and things like this. Even sometimes when people do have family doctors, there's connotations associated with that. So maybe they've been their family doctor since birth. They don't feel comfortable with that person. Maybe that person's a male practitioner and they just don't feel that the intimate care is a place for them to have it at their family doctor. And we often hear, too, that people will go to walk-in clinics. But, you know, um, many there's many amazing walk-in clinic doctors, but the pace that they work at isn't necessarily conducive to intimate care. And, you know, um, we know that women disproportionately face trauma. And so when it's coming to sexual health, people, you know, people need to have that time and experience to be able to be, um, you know, voice their concerns and receive the trauma-informed care that they deserve. So how do you see this unfolding? Like if you were going to suggest a plan for the provincial government, what should that look like? I mean, you know, it's a bit of a no-brainer. I think we already have uh, provincial programs that cover medications. We already have um, systems in place that cover all kinds of medications in British Columbia. But I think the important part about contraception is that it needs to be put in place in a way that patients can access it where they receive their care and access the contraception they need. So often when these places, these kind of programs are put in, it might cover one or two products, but we know within contraceptive care that doesn't work. We need It needs to be the product that best suits the woman. So they need to have it accessible through their family doctors, through clinics like ours, as well as through pharmacies. And so what do you, tomorrow is a big day, obviously, World Contraception yeah. Day. Are you writing a letter to the government? Do you want to meet with the health minister? How is this going to work? <laughs> so we're currently at Options for Sexual Health um, in all of our clinics and some of the ag- advocacy work we're doing is we have a petition going around that we'll be presenting to the government and legislative assembly demanding free access to contraception. Um, We currently see over 30,000 patients a year in British Columbia for sexual health care and many of them access contraception through our clinics at low cost. Um, So, you know, it's a really important issue and we'll definitely be bringing that forward to them. Tomorrow, as an organization, we're spending some time educating our staff around best practices and looking at, um, you know, how to 
how to best serve our patients, whether you're in a rural or an urban community. All right, so you've got a lot of work to do then, Nicole. Yes, thank, it's a thank, big week. <laughs> it is. Thank you very much for taking the time out to talk to us. Thanks, Amy. Thanks so much for having me. That is Nicole Pasquino, who's a registered nurse and the clinical practice director for options for sexual health here in Vancouver. They run a number of uh, sexual health clinics.